Welcome back to the Norwood Noise Podcast. Uh, It's Wednesday, October 4th. We kind of decided to combine the um, September and October episodes just because, really, if we're being honest, not too much going on in college hoops right now. We're kind of in that weird, like, waiting period. A lot of the big summer headlines kind of died off, and then, you know, the school year's getting underway. These athletes are getting back on campus, Um, but there just really is not too much to speak of over the last couple months. Um, and then again, of course, at the end of this month, we'll start previewing and doing all that big stuff, you know, as the, as the season comes nearer and nearer. Um, obviously I'm very excited. Graham, I'm sure you are as well. Um, Graham checking in from the States. You're our, you're a United States correspondent now. Uh, obviously myself over here in Italy for the remainder of the semester. Um, but Graham, how's, uh, how's Cincinnati life? How are the States? Oh, it, it's good. Um, <laughs> you know, now that, you know, the season's right around the corner. Um, our Musketeer Madness, that is usually towards the end of October, mm-hmm. is next week. So the season just feels even sooner. Games are going to be starting sooner than last year as well. Um, everything's being pushed up a little bit. So the fact that the buzz is here, um, the season being right around the corner, just makes me so much more excited for this season. I felt like um, Evan and I reiterated this so many times last year throughout the podcast episodes that uh, the more that we're around the sport and being able to see a really good college basketball team last year, Xavier in person, um, I just feel like I love the sport more and more every year. And this year, it's like a newfound excitement. Um, Last year's March Madness was probably the most games I've ever watched. (laughs) Um, And I just feel like this year, I'm going to watch even more. Right. So... The buzz is there, um, and, you know, say what you want about, you know, the transfer portal and conference realignment and all that stuff. It just adds more storylines. For sure. And I'm really excited to see how um, these teams shake out. Yeah. And the fact that it's, you know, a couple weeks away is insane. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're week two of practices, so teams are, you know, really finally starting to take shape. And, you know, we're starting to get reports out of different schools. Like, okay, these are kind of the guys that they're running with in practice. These are kind of the guys that are, they're looking at you know, being in their starting rotation, things like that. And one of my favorite things really about this part of the year is, you know, each roster right now is looking at, you know, rotation 10 to 12 guys right now. Obviously, it's going to be shrunk down to eight or nine, um, you know, by kind of mid, midway through the season. So I really love the early part of the season practices, hearing what coaches have to say about guys' effort, um, and just really seeing those those rosters kind of thin out um, as the season goes on. So um, anyways, let's get uh, – Let's get um, on with the episode. 
Uh, we're going to start uh, very briefly with um, kind of some bad news on the on the negative side of things, just kind of the biggest headlines right now in the sport. Uh, Donovan Klingon, the UConn sophomore um, center, uh, he's at least missing the next month currently. Um, he strained his foot apparently last week during practice, um, which is what the university and the, and the program announced. Obviously a big concern. You know, Klingon was projected as a, you know, I don't know, first round, you know, early, like he, he would have gotten drafted last year. Absolutely. Um, you know, chose to come back and stay another year. And this is one of those things where, you know, some people, obviously, at least personally, Graham, I am always for um, a player coming back for another year in majority of the cases, um, this being for sure one of them. But again, and this is where the, the people on the other side of this argument, you know, have a good point. Like, hey, if, this, if you guys come back and something goes wrong or you get hurt um, or you're kind of already at your ceiling of your college career, like that, that is really concerning and really unfortunate things like this can happen. So obviously, you know, best wishes um, to him and hope that he's able to kind of roll through an injury and get, you know, get the right treatment and the right process and return before he misses too much action. But Graham, I'll kind of turn it over to you. Um, do you think this is a huge blow, you know, for UConn or because it's so early and as long as everything goes smoothly, um, do you think it's kind of going to be just an afterthought by the middle of the season? Well, one of the main things about UConn last year in their tournament run and um, their Big East success was how perfectly orchestrated that team was. Mm-hmm. Um, from top to bottom, they played like eight or nine guys that had their role and played it to perfection. And Klingon was one of those players that kind of encapsulated how deep that team was. I mean, Sonogo was one of the best front court players in college basketball, and you take him off the court, and here comes Klingon, who at the start's like, oh, he's like this like kind of weird frame, you know, tall <laughs> Lanky, freshman center that guy, you didn't yeah. know how much success he was going to have. He comes from a small high school. I mean, his high school highlights are hilarious. He's the largest kid out there by far. And he comes in and absolutely played his role to perfection. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the rare cases that uh, you're losing, you know, one of the best players in the conference, Sonogo, and you're replacing him with, I think, who is going to have a better season. Klingon is really, really good. Completely. So this injury comes comes at – I think if there's a, a time for this to happen, it's right now. Yeah, I mean, UConn, um, they becoming one of the uh, largest brands in college basketball. They have a very tough non-conference schedule. So the hope is that he doesn't miss too many of those games. Um, but if he does, like, that's really going to affect their um, implications for the season because, um, you know, if you dr- drop three or four games in non-conference – uh, you can't just like cruise by in the Big East, and obviously yeah, we found out for years of watching Xavier that you cannot cru- cruise to the Big East and hope that you're going to have a chance um, to make the tournament or um, get a favorable seat. So it, they better hope that um, this isn't an issue that is going to drag on too long, because he's going to be one of the most impactful players in the Big East this season. Um, and if he's either missing games or isn't himself. Uh, we're going to be looking at a very different UConn team this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, d- definitely going to be interested to see uh, how, not only how quickly he's able to get back, but like you said, is he going to be himself kind of right away? Because sometimes those weird little injuries can take some time to work things out. And I know UConn, of course, has a stacked non-conference schedule. 
Um, so definitely going to be interesting to see how they kind of handle that early on in the season. Um, another big headline uh, that just came through within the past week or so, um, Arterio Morris, transferred from Texas to the University of Kansas, um, has been uh, suspended uh, from the university, um, from the basketball team, and also arrested on a uh, rape charge. He's been dismissed from the basketball team in the university. Um, this is his second uh, offensive you know, this nature, uh, within the past, I think it's, I, I mean, I think the first one came the summer before he was technically enrolled at the university of Texas. Um, but let's call it two years. Um, his second charge in this matter, obviously, you know, completely unexplainable and, you know, actions that are, you know, absolutely not okay. Um, I think Kansas did the right thing, obviously, when this first kind of came about um, and these charges came out, uh, they suspended him indefinitely um, and then obviously now have dismissed him since the since the arrest. Um, you know, unfortunate, I think, for, uh, you know, Kansas's death going forward. Um, but obviously, I think, you know, much larger storylines here that are much more impactful and obviously glad that, um, you know, justice is being found here and everything is being taken care of accordingly as it needs to be. Um, but you know, again, these are kind of the things that we were talking about watching these teams take shape and things like that. Was Morris going to be a starter? It doesn't sound like it. Um, but again, these are, these are depth things that certain teams are going to have to deal with. Um, and I think that kind of goes into play, you know, a little bit with, you know, our Xavier team as well. Like we're going to talk about here in a little bit, um, seeing how different teams, you know, what different strategies teams can use to actually fill out those final roster spots and find themselves the depth. Um, you know, and so I think that's kind of a really, uh, going to be an interesting storyline to follow for the Jayhawks early on the season. Um, and yeah, I think we'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what they do, um, with, you know, without him and how they kind of fill those spots. But again, nice, nice enough that it is early on, you know, early on enough that you have time to, you know, look at your available options and things like that. Um, but definitely a lot of new faces at Kansas, similarly to Xavier, um, and Graham, I'm going to let you kind of take over here. You know, we don't want to go too early into, into the Musketeer minute, but, um, I, I do, I would like to hear from you kind of, you know, can you introduce us to some of those new faces and new names, uh, in the Xavier program that we've, you know, recently added? Yeah. So in our previous podcast throughout the summer, um, we went through all the transfers and the new first year students. Um, but we weren't done yet. Uh, the addition, the three um, late additions into the squad, three European players, um, have all, you know, integrated well into the um, Xavier team. And the hope is that um, they can really contribute to us uh, very quickly. Um, as many of you may have seen, uh, Zach Freeman and Jerome Hunter um, have been dealing with some injuries and some illnesses that um, really puts their season in jeopardy right now. Um, so instead of, you know, forcing them to play or, you know, relying on the hope that they can come back, we went into the international pond and um, took took three players. Um, first one, uh, Gidis Namiksha, he's from Lithuania. Um, he's going to be like a wing forward for us. He is very, very talented. Um, he comes with a wealth of experience playing professional basketball in Europe. Um, and I think we'll, we'll have him for this season, and it's un, up in the air if we'll have him for another season. So he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to make his impact immediately. 
Um, does he have a does he have an sec- N- does he have an NBA type uh, player type comparison from you? Um. Well, it, it's very tough because um, he you know has like the uh, the the talents and the abilities of like a wing you know going to be able to put the ball on the floor and also um, can shoot and he has a good interior game but he also um, is a lot taller and has a better build than a lot of like the traditional wings that we see mm-hmm. um, and that I think that's what you know is his best ability is his um, uh, just kind of versatility yeah versatility that's what I'm looking for his <laughs> versatility of you know I could do this for the team but I can also do this and um, he's going to be a very very good player for us this year okay good uh, secondly Lazar Djokovic he comes from Serbia um, another guy that I think this is kind of just like the mantra of you know these European players that come into college basketball is that you never really know how to fit them into your team and that's a good thing. Lazar is a um, a little bit taller than Gidas, and he has a better um, interior post game. But he's extremely mobile for a big guy. Um, he's gonna kind of you know the way that last season Zach Freeman was able to you know run the court, and we were able to play fast when he was on the court. I think it's gonna be the same exact thing with Lazar. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna be able to stretch the defense that most interior players that we're gonna play won't be able to do. Um, to have someone that that is that tall and is that skilled but um and can also move around is something that a lot of college basketball teams uh like love to have someone who can give you give you a lot of options on both ends of the floor is something that we're really blessed with right now yeah no i love to i love to hear that almost like a uh a young and maybe upcoming dirk Nowitzki a little bit <laughs> Yeah, like uh, before, you know, before Dirk was really reliant on his post game. Right. You know, he was a very mobile guy in his early days of his career. So that, that's not a bad, not a bad take. And um, finally, um, Sasha Siani uh, comes from Slovenia. He's our big man. Um, he's a very, you know, well well rounded interior guy. I mean, he comes with a very large frame. Um, really big guy that. Um, the more and more that he gets to spend time with our coaching staff working on his um, his touch inside, the more time he gets to spend in the weight room improving that already um, very good framework that he came to Xavier with, mm-hmm. um, his ceiling is very, very high. Um, you know, he's going to be here for multiple years. Um, he's 20 years old, and the fact that we're going to be able to have him for multiple years to mold him into this very talented um, post player um, is something that's really, really exciting. I, you know, he, he comes in only after a few weeks here, but he still has plenty of time, you know, before the season starts. And I think that we're really blessed to um, have this much time before, you know, we get into the season, um, you know, with our, our musky madness, our inner squad scrimmage, and you know the guys being able to play each other in practice every day. He's going to just continue to learn, and his framework really sets him apart from most players um, in the Big East. Yeah, in, in my opinion, absolutely. Well, love to hear all of that and all of that good news um, coming up for Xavier. It's really going to be interesting to see how how those players mesh and mold and kind of fit. 
Um, and yeah, I think with the late additions, obviously there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a, a cause for concern with, um, you know, team chemistry and how those players mold. Um, but obviously that's kind of what all this, like Graham was saying, it's kind of what all of this, um, you know, these inner squads and obviously secret scrimmages are going to be coming up, um, you know, no matter how secret they are, you know, those are going to be coming up. And then obviously going forward um, with early non-con games, that's kind of where these teams have to mesh. One other uh, headline that I really am interested in, Graham and I were talking about this privately recently, really interested to see how Des Claude is able to step into a leadership role this year, especially if, you know, Jerome and Zach, whether they're around the team or not, if they're not on the floor, that's, you know, still a huge loss in leadership and senior experience. Um, so let, we'll have to see how Des Claude being kind of one of the only guys that was on this team last year, was on the floor, was playing consistent minutes, knows the system, I'm interested to see how that kind of new pressure um, and, and how he handles that really, because obviously I think Graham and I would share this, but I obviously think the world of the guy, I think he's incredibly athletic and talented and think that he could f- fill out a, a, you know, top scoring in the big East point guard type of role. Um, but I just don't know that, you know, coming off of last year, which he had a very good year last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just don't know that we were exactly expecting right away for him to jump into that role, and it's kind of looking like he might have to. Um, so just excited to see what what we get out of him, and obviously transfers. Um, you know, we talked about them last time, but there's a ton of new options there, especially in the scoring department from the transfers. Um, you know, with Xavion McKnight, Quincy Oliveri, um, cannot wait to see what they can bring to the squad as well. So lots of good news for the Musketeers. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of a, a little bit of an early musketeer man. We really only have one other big headline, um, and this actually just came across my desk um, maybe 25, 35 minutes ago, so it's kind of good timing on recording this. Uh, but the NCAA Division One Council um, has changed uh, the transfer portal window. They've moved it uh, down to 45 days from 60 days, um, which I don't know that that like, has a huge... you know, a a huge impact, um, but it definitely does shrink it, which I think was kind of part of the discussion, you know, a lot this summer amongst coaches, amongst, you know, journalists in this field saying that, hey, this probably should be, you know, changed a little bit. There should be some foreseeable changes to kind of shrink this and so on. Um, And I do think that this is obviously overall uh, a a good thing for the sport. Um, but we'll just have to see how it actually applies within this next year and if it really does make that much of an impact. Obviously, this is impacting all Division One sports, um, but basketball being one that clearly used it very frequently, um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how it changes. I think the other thing, too, um, that's worth noting is uh, this period is going to be open April 15th to April 30th. Um, and then as well as uh, the, the, that normal kind of month of May after that as well. Um, so interested to see how that uh, kind of impacts the, the, post, the post-basketball season um, run as well as, um, you know, how, how going forward we're able to, you know, see what, what that can bring um, after, you know, obviously the uh, kind of the obvious, you know, normal windows. Yeah, and with um, Transfer Portal and NIL being so new to the sport, um, 
I feel like over time, the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot more restrictions and a lot more gu- guidelines that are going to be able to, you know, um, guide how the NCAA goes about things. And I think that these restrictions and guidelines are going to be better for the sport. Um, the more and more um, teams and governing bodies kind of get a better understanding about how the sport is going to work. Um, I think that, that that's all good things um, for the, you know, the protection of student athletes and the sanctus, sanctity of the sport as a whole. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how, how this really impacts the sport and, and all NCAA sports moving forward. Um, but definitely think this is a step in the right direction from the NCAA, which is good to hear, obviously. So, um, all right. Well, I think that's kind of it, Graham. Um, you know, it, so long as uh, we don't have any other parting thoughts, um, I think that's going to kind of wrap it again. Short episode. Um, this is kind of the September and October combination, but we'll be back with you late October for our typical, um, you know, season preview pod, of course. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to, you know, kind of wrap it for today, but we can't wait and are very much looking forward to seeing you all and talking to you all soon here again at the end of the month and really get this thing underway. Cause obviously, you know, we're just around the corner, um, you know, big, big events, big practices coming up, inner squad scrimmages, things of that nature. Um, and can't wait to see how that, uh, you know, all kind of turns out moving forward. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to just getting the season started. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you all again very, very soon. Again, myself, Evan Shibble, alongside Graham Griffith, as always on the Norwood Noise podcast. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Um, and yeah, we'll see you here in the end of October for that season preview. Cheers.